Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for those who want to go deep on topics such as entrepreneurship, personal growth, social media, wellness, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, retired corporate girl turned full-time online influencer and entrepreneur. There's no gatekeeping here, just real and raw conversations that are meant to raise your vibe and elevate your life. Are you ready? Let's go. Vibe podcast. I am so freaking excited to have you on. I've been following you for a couple of years now. I actually bought your your you have a handbook, like a guidebook yes, for tra- travel becoming a travel handbook. creator. And I actually bought that and I thought it was so, so helpful. So it's kind of like a full circle moment also for me to have you on here. But for those of you that don't know, Danielle Hume is an online business mentor, host of the Wonder Lover podcast, a full-time traveler of over five years. She has worked with hundreds of clients and customers all while traveling and surfing around the world dream life. (laughs) Her mission is to enable you to design a life of freedom, location freedom, time freedom, financial freedom through starting and scaling your own online business. And she also has her own online coaching programs where she mentors people as well. So thank you so much, Danielle, for being on the High Vibe podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you, Tori. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. And I would love to hear personally, because I don't know your full story. I just know a gist of it. You used to work mm-hmm. in the corporate world and in finance, similar to me. And now you, I just see you traveling the world full time working <laughs> from your laptop. So I would really love to hear like your whole story. Take us from the For beginning. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because my entrepreneurship journey actually started when I was in corporate and you can probably relate how you just felt like, or I just felt like a cog in the wheel, felt like you were meant for so much more, your creativity was stifled, and it was just not the path you wanted to be on. At that point, I had studied abroad in college, and I just loved meeting new people, experiencing new cultures, traveling to new places, and I really wanted to carry on that excitement in my life as well as have a business that aligned with what I wanted to do. So I really saw entrepreneurship as my way out of that. I would look around at my managers or executives in finance, and I was like, that's not where I want to be in 10, 20 years. (laughs) That's my exact story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I would go on Instagram and see like influencers and entrepreneurs working from co-working spaces in Bali. And that's when I knew like, this isn't the path for me. And I need to try new things and get myself to a place where I can be working from my laptop. And so it was really messy in the first few years. I started The Wander Lover. It was at that time just a travel blog. I started drop shipping. I started Amazon FBA. I was in e-commerce. I had like a sex toys business. So I tried, I tried it all. <laughs> Were and, you doing this on the side or mm-hmm. did you just, okay. Yeah, like on my lunch breaks, um, weekends, I stopped Mm -hmm. partying and I really found the time because it was an indicator like this is what I want to invest my time in and this is what I'm so passionate about that I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, my habits and what I used to do for fun. So Mm -hmm. I really knew that I was onto something when I made my first sales, when I started to monetize my blog and all of that started basically proving to me that if I dedicated all of my time to this, I could grow it and scale it. That was the confidence in myself that I needed. That was 
my sign to quit. So I gave myself a quit date. I told myself, I'm going to handle my two weeks resignation and I'm going to book a one-way ticket. At that point, um, I was still with my ex-boyfriend, but we, as soon as we broke up, it just, it was like a sequence of events where my whole life just changed. And I knew I wanted to be somewhere else. I knew I wanted to be away from this relationship, this job, the city. And yeah, this was in 2017 when I quit and early 2018, I was on a flight to Australia. Wow. So how long like your quit date? Was it like you're going to give yourself six months to try and build it up or were you just, you know, to like build up some savings or did you just like jump right in? It was a year. I had a year's runway and it was actually because one of my coworkers that I was really good friends with, she quit like one year into the job. So she Mm -hmm. quit before me. And I was like, well, if she could do it, like I just need (laughs) to figure out a way for me to do it. Right. Yeah. So when you set that intention, I think the universe works in really magical ways. You don't know how it's going to happen, but Mm -hmm. when you just trust that it's going to happen the way it's meant to be, and you have that end goal, the how works itself out. And I think that's really what happened. It's so true. But so many of us let the fear of the unknown keep us Mm. from like trusting, you know? And I see that so many times, like people are so unhappy in their corporate job. Like I, your story is exactly mine. I was looking at my management and executives and I was like, that is not the life that I want to live. I I definitely felt like I got bamboozled (laughs) into that. I was like, wow, I don't want to climb the corporate ladder, (laughs) but I didn't know how to get out. And I started through like online coaching, but I was terrified to to take that leap. Like, but I knew mm-hmm. the worst case scenario is that I just like am back in my corporate job at a different corporate exactly. job. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, that's the worst case scenario. And so I'll never know if I just don't like, you know, try. At least try and yeah. give it a shot and take the leap. And once you have that little taste of freedom where you can work on your own schedule, and I'm sure you've you've experienced this where you work really hard for yourself. But I'm like, I work. I worked really hard for corporate. I might as well yeah. put all of that in my own bank account and my my own exactly. growth. Yeah. Um, once you get that little taste of freedom, though, like I could never go back. I was like, I could mm-hmm. never work for someone else again. So I would really love to hear your story. I know you were saying that your blog, you started to monetize your blog. Like, what were the platforms that you first started to monetize and grow that were like keeping you afloat? I'm sure you had like savings and stuff like that and a plan, but like, mm-hmm. what were the things that started to monetize first and how did that grow into other streams of income? Cause I know you have other offers. I'm sure you have other ways that you make money as well. Yeah, for sure. So I think what was the most important was just packaging a service and selling it. And so in any way, shape or form, I was packaging what I could do and selling it to people who needed it. That looked like shout outs on my Instagram. I was like, I can post, I can advertise on my page for like $25. I signed up for these agencies, these online agencies where they connected you, connected creators with brands. And so Mm -hmm. three times a day in my inbox, I would get opportunities to work with these brands, create photo content, create um, advertising content for them. I was using Pinterest and Tailwind to market my posts. And that's when I learned, you know, it's not enough to just post on your blog. You have to make sure a lot of people see it. I learned that also from e-commerce. It's like, it's one thing to have a product, but you really need the marketing strategies behind it to get it in front of as many people. So I think the biggest 
aha moment for me was I had glamorized all of these influencers traveling to really nice places, working with like luxury hotels. And I always thought that was like a different world. I was like, they came from money or like they have something I don't. But what I started to learn as I befriended a lot of them and started entering the world of travel influencing is you just need all of these hotels to know about what it is that you offer. So I swear I would send out like 10 to 100 pitches every single day wow, just to get my name out there and get myself in front of those media and PR agencies. And that's when the opportunity started snowballing because when you are in with one of the agencies, they have a portfolio of other hotels and travel brands underneath and your name gets circulated so much quicker that way. And so that was a really big lesson in basically marketing yourself and marketing your services, but at the forefront, mm-hmm. having something to sell and monetize. Yes. So were you s- selling like photography and videography and then also mm-hmm. like doing posts on your own page to these exactly you know, d- different hotels and properties? I noticed like hotels and properties, they always want content for themselves a hundred percent. Like that's something that will, I think will never go out, but I know that a lot of people will think, Oh, I don't have a big enough following. I can't monetize that. Or they fall into like some type of imposter syndrome when they're reaching out to brands and hotels. I know I definitely did. And it's like believing in yourself and believing in your worth and the the value that you can provide. So I'm wondering if you ever experienced that where when you're doing all these pitches, especially it's a numbers game too. Like you're doing all these pitches and it's like cricket mm-hmm. sometimes. So I'm wondering if you ever had the imposter syndrome and at what point, like, you know, where were you as far as like numbers, you know, like when you started monetizing it? Because I think a lot of people think I need hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers and that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah, no, not at all. So I would say I kind of started a little earlier. Um, it was in 2016. And at mm-hmm. that point I had like less than 20,000. It, was, it wasn't large by any means, but because I had been ahead of the curve and I was putting myself out there, I think I landed more opportunities just because of, again, those numbers. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, I don't know the age of your audience, but if you're in your 20s or 30s, like in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, what I realized back then was I'm still so young. Like I could screw up for 10, 20, 30 years and still be okay. So the fear wasn't really there because it was truly, and it still is a time of my life where I think I should be taking the most risks. I should be putting myself out there and do things that would make people cringe, right? Because if mm-hmm. not now, then when? Like, I'm not yeah. going to wait until I'm a grandparent and yeah. I actually have a reputation, but who knows? So I think the fear and the imposter syndrome is very much self-imposed. And of mm-hmm. course, I still go through them, go through phases and go through these chapters, but you manage it differently. You recognize, Mm -hmm. A, when you're younger, it's like this fear of being seen. Over time, it's like a fear of being good enough. But at the end of the day, it's all self-imposed. There's always going to be that little mean girl voice in the back of your head trying to hold yourself back. If Mm -hmm. you can find a way to talk yourself out of it, whatever works for you, you're going to be so much farther ahead. That's so true. It's so true. And like, it really is just like the the fear and the ego and that little mean girl that's keeping you from living your best life, like the more that you can silence that. And I think what happens, at least for me, like I wasn't innately confident in myself and my ability, but I just started doing stuff, 
and failing and trying and learning. And that started to build my confidence. Like, okay, mm. I didn't die. <laughs> you know, like I can yep. get through this. Like, or you hear back from a brand or someone that you pitch and you're like, okay, like that worked, you know? And so like, it's just one of those things that like the more that you just start being comfortable in discomfort, the more that yeah. I think you just gain that confidence and that belief in yourself as well. So yeah, I love not that you're it like personally. Yeah. And I love yeah. how you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm young right now. Like might as well just go all out and see what happens, you know, <laughs> because if my mom always told me, she was, would always say, if you never ask, the answer is always no. And if you mm -hmm. never try that, you know, you're always in the same place. So I absolutely love that. Exactly. Were there any books or mentors that helped you kind of develop this? Like, I feel like you have a very resilient, a very strong mindset. Was there anything that really helped you along in your journey? My, the book that I actually read in corporate that kind of changed my thinking completely is Four Hour Work Week by Tim okay. Ferriss. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? Uh, yeah. 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 It was very practical. I didn't agree with like a hundred percent of it, but the general mm -hmm. direction of what he like this life he was encouraging and kind of broke it down, like how it all worked. It just made sense to me coming from a finance background. It was structured. It was like, you can do this. You like have this number to reach a month and then you reach it by doing this. And I was like, Oh mm -hmm. my God, that makes so much sense from that. The mindset piece. Um, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. He yeah. was also like he worked in New York City and I was like, how can you think like this when all of my coworkers are thinking like this? So he was such a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. um, and I listened or I watched a lot of YouTube videos as well. Mm -hmm. And what I loved doing back then is like finding a really successful creator. And I still do that, do this today, finding a successful creator and scrolling all the way back or sorting their videos from like the oldest <laughs> to the newest. I love that video. <laughs> Because it reminds you everyone has a starting point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it really, like you can't ever compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20, right? But you can compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter one. So if you go mm -hmm. all the way back, you're like, whoa, they actually didn't start out with this entire production team and like a giant team. They were mm -hmm. on their iPhones or like on their Macs, just recording a YouTube video, just like me. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. That's that's been a big part because it just reminds you that they put in the time and the work, you know, and, mm -hmm. and things grew and they got better. Their skills got better. And then also then they found the need to like, okay, maybe I'm going to invest in a camera. Maybe I'm going to invest in a microphone. Like I know for me, like all of those things just happened gradually as I was putting out more and more content, then you found the need for that. And I think a lot of people feel paralyzed from starting because they're like, I need it to look so perfect. And it's like, no, you just need to start. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. need to get started. And then you'll start to slowly develop, you know, the equipment and the team and the products and all of that stuff. And like mm -hmm. starting to find your own style too, and how you like to shoot things. And you're really not going to know unless you just give it a try and see what happens. But I love that you do that. Cause I do that too. Especially, <laughs> you know, like, I, cause I'm like, I look at someone when they're on their chapter 30 and I'm like, I could never do that. I can never make my videos look like that. Or I could never dance like that. And then you see where they started and you're like, oh yeah, they've just been doing this for five, 10 years. Like, mm -hmm. duh. So, I mean, I, I love that. And the feeling of being a beginner and being okay, being a beginner, I think is so, so important. Um, for sure. So I would also love to know, because I have done like different travel deals, not a lot. Like I do a lot of more lifestyle stuff, but whenever I do travel, 
any type of content creation or partner with brands. And then you're also like on vacation. I don't know what it's like for you because I think you live in certain spots for longer. But I feel like it's so hard to be in my normal like routine and habits and lifestyle and be productive. Mm. And I'm wondering if there's any like keystone things that you do because you travel all around the world and you're constantly working. You know, and so I'm I'm wondering, like, how do you manage that? Are there any things that you do to make yourself productive and organized and kind of structuring your day while you're everything's yeah, always different? For sure. So I now stay in places for at least like a few weeks or a few months, but I totally get you like when you're working with hotels and travel brands, it's a, it's like a full-time job, right? You're not there mm -hmm. on vacation. You're there creating content and working yeah. for them. So that's really natural and like a really natural feeling of feeling overwhelmed. But I think mm -hmm. there's ways to manage it when you're really clear on the deliverables and you know exactly the shots, the frames, the videos, where you need to be, get all that done as soon mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. And then just document the rest as a creator and just having fun. But if you kind of like overwhelm yourself on the last day, like, did I get all those shots? It's going to be really nerve stressful right? and yeah. yeah and the other thing I do with my business now because I have the content creation side and also the coaching side mm -hmm. is a project management tool okay. so I use ClickUp and it's basically where I brain dump everything in my business so all the tasks um, where I communicate with my team and all the projects we have for this week this month this year and it's broken down into these tasks that you assign due dates to and assign people to. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I brain dump everything that's going on in my mind, in my personal life, in my business. And I have this brain dump section where, you know, there's certain tasks where I don't want to focus on now, but I want to revisit in a month's time when my workload dies down, right? Mm -hmm. So I have everything in ClickUp and I'm able to just turn off when needed and if I need to know what I want to do for the day, I just open it up and it tells me exactly what my to-dos are for the day, what's wow. coming up tomorrow if I need to look at that. So yeah, like a project management tool is so key. Um, you may have heard of Asana. That's another yes, one. I've heard yeah. of Asana. It's ClickUp so like, app also. Like you can have it mm -hmm. on your phone. Okay. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So you can just plan out everything and it's just been life-saving because as creators, you have so many moving pieces, right? You have so many different platforms and a lot of times it's easy to just forget about something for a week and be like, oh my God, I totally forgot. Not if it's all organized and that's what's been really helpful. Um, now I'm in England with like my partner's family and, you know, I think we had to reschedule because we had dinner mm -hmm. plans come up and stuff like that. So when life is hectic and it's not predictable, having this one kind of safe space where everything is organized, you're mm -hmm. being reminded, it really helps. And I love the brain dump aspect because I feel like once you get it out, you're like, okay, I don't have to stress and think about it. Like I know it's there. I'm going to come come to it. But I think it's when you're not doing that brain dump exercise and you're just mm -hmm. thinking about all the thousands of things that you have to get done. Because like as a creator mm -hmm. and entrepreneur, the list never ends. It yeah. does. <laughs> like it never ends. And so like I, I like to just do that brain dump also. Anytime it comes to my mind, like just get it out. And so I haven't found like a good project management tool. So I'm definitely going to look. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I love just like brain dumping everything I need to do because then I don't have to like hold on to it, you know? Yeah. 
It's yeah. super, super stressful in that sense. And also what you're saying when you're working with, you know, hotels and brands and all that stuff, having that shot list, getting organized. I try to do that as much as possible, like getting very clear on the deliverables and trying to knock out everything that I need to get done. Because then, you know, if you're in a beautiful location, you want to at least try and enjoy it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like a little bit. Um, but I was finding that the, that balance very like... Sometimes I go and I'm like, I don't really want to reach out to any hotels. I just want to be on vacation, yeah. you know, like, yeah. cause like now I know like what the workload is like. And I'm like, ah, no, like if I'm there for a long time, like maybe I can squeeze in like a little deal here. But other than that, like I'd really just like enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. um, as you know, you've been doing this for at least traveling the world for the last five years and being a creator and entrepreneur, what have been some of your biggest like challenges or struggles? Do you have any specific stories or moments in time where either you failed? Like I love talking about those things because I think from the outside, people think that it's just always easy and perfect, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I want to get really real and hear, you know, some of the biggest challenges that you've gone through over the last five years and how you navigated them. I love this question. And it's so humbling to think about like where you were versus like where you are now, right? Because in the moment, it's just so real, but then you see it as a memory and you're like, ah, this is what I learned from it. So I distinctly remember in 2020, I had just launched my podcast, the Wonder Lover podcast. I was um, like one, one and a half years into my surfing journey. I was in Mexico and I just remember like, breaking down crying in the water because I was so frustrated how like my podcast wasn't growing as fast as I had wanted to. The internet wasn't working in Mexico. And that was the place where I was like going live every day and like um, having live streams on Instagram and Facebook. And I needed to be in front of my laptop and things weren't working out in my business. It wasn't going smoothly and things just weren't growing. I wasn't like cross-stepping and hanging 10 on my surfboard. And I just like <laughs> cried. It was very overwhelming. And I think what I learned from there and what I need to continue reminding myself is like entrepreneurship or new hobbies or anything you want to get really good at, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And I just have a tendency to be so impatient. I want results immediately. If I don't hit this imaginary threshold for myself, it means I failed. And it makes you kind of redefine what failure is, right? Because at that moment, I was like, I'm a failure and this isn't working. But I continued surfing. I continued with my podcast. I continued with my business. And now it's nowhere near where it was three years ago. And I applaud myself for continuing when I was so frustrated and so stressed and so irritated at how things were going. Mm-hmm. And I think in those moments, a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way and a lot choose to quit, right? Because the going gets hard. You're like, they're going so much faster. It's not working out for me. There must be something wrong with me. I'm not cut out for it. But I truly believe that every single successful person has gone through many iterations of that, but they just never stopped. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It, it like the only way that you truly, it's so cliche, but the only way that you truly fail is when you quit. And you give up mm-hmm. and, you don't, and you don't keep on going because the life and business are full of ebbs and 
flows, you know? And as far as like being a creator, I remember there was a whole year where I was losing hundreds of followers every single day. And I didn't know why, like a whole year I was Mm -hmm. posting and everything engagement. I don't know if the algorithm, whatever it was, but just things were tanking. And Mm -hmm. I kept on showing up for a whole year. And then eventually after showing up every single day for a whole year, something started to take off and I started to see the growth again. But a lot of people wouldn't stick that out. They would just get frustrated and quit. And especially when at least my livelihood depends on, you know, growing and having an engaging platform and community, like it's frustrating, you know? And so I think Mm -hmm. in everyone's business, there's going to be those times where you have a launch and it totally flops or your business is, you know, either declining or just stagnant. It's not growing, but it's either choosing to see it differently and looking at the opportunity to grow and changing your mindset and also looking at it as an opportunity to maybe switch things up. Like if yeah. things aren't working for you anymore, then maybe you need to pivot or adapt or or try something new. And I think sometimes when things are cushy and easy, we don't try things new because it's working. You're like, oh, this yeah, is Yeah, because you're like, why? <laughs> yeah, why would you? But then it's when things get hard or things change that you're like, okay, I'm going to switch things up. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to get outside my comfort zone or I'm going to branch out here. I'm going to create a new offer. And that's when new opportunities happen. But in the moment, it's hard to think like that. You're just like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it really is when you look back, like those are the defining moments when you can really look back and be like, dang, I'm proud of myself for hanging Mm -hmm. on and moving through that. Yeah. And the expectation that it's always easy. If we can just get rid of that, I feel like it would just make so much, so many people happier and it just makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like why is it supposed to be easy all the time? (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't have to, you know, like, and I, yeah, letting go of that expectation that it's going to be easy and flow. And yes, there are going to be times, especially because I'm sure you love what you do, right? And you love helping other people and mentoring and teaching them and getting to travel the world. But that doesn't mean that every single aspect of your business is just yeah. easy and free and comes naturally. Like there's going to be a lot of challenging opportunities. So I love that and just changing the narrative around mm-hmm. entrepreneurship and being a creator. Cause sometimes even being a creator, people are like, Oh, it's so easy. You just like snap pictures on your phone and you're like, <laughs> it's definitely not that. I mean, I love my job and I wouldn't, I would not go back to the corporate world, but like I work just as hard doing what I do now. If not yeah. harder, I actually work harder <laughs> now working for myself, you know? Take them to a hotel collab where you're just shooting 24 7. Oh my gosh. One time we got a hotel collab and we landed. We were only there for three days and I got COVID and it like hit me so hard when I was there that I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was just like, had a few. I only had it for three days, but we were only at the hotel for three days. And on the last day, I was like, okay, we have to shoot the content. Like we're leaving. We have to shoot. We had to like get up and shoot the content. And it was just like really, really, it was oh a struggle. God. Yeah. That was, a fun, that was yeah. a fun story. Um, <laughs> but like, it's just stuff like that. And then people see the videos are like, oh, that was so good. And I'm like, yeah, I was sick <laughs> when I shot that. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's never always sunshine and rainbows, but I'm sure mm-hmm. when you love what you do, you make the most of it. I would love to know when you started your mentorship and like teaching creatives and doing online coaching and creating that offer. Did it happen after you were really monetizing and doing it for yourself, you know, like create working with brands and hotels and all of that stuff. And then eventually you're like, I want to teach this or people are reaching out to you. Like, how did that 
evolve and start? Mm -hmm. So when I was in Bali and I was working with hotels, a lot of people would ask me for social media tips, for branding tips. So I was like kind of consulting on the side. It really pivoted during COVID, during the pandemic, when travel shut down and I wasn't traveling. We were stuck in Brazil and I saw a huge need for people needing to make money online because they either lost their jobs or their brick and mortar store was closed. And I was like, well, I've been kind of helping people do this and monetize their Instagram and their social media. Let me cater to even more people and go public with it. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, I think it was a blessing in disguise because I was kind of freaking out like, oh my God, I'm not traveling anymore. And what if like, you know, I can travel for God knows how long that was. Mm-hmm. like, we're going to be stuck here forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was when I pivoted the wander or not pivoted. I expanded mm-hmm. what the wander love, what the wander lover services were. I saw it as an opportunity. So I first started off with one-on-one coaching and then we launched a mastermind. We have a course now as well as eBooks and basically want to empower people, get the resources, get the community that they need to do it themselves, to do the same thing, build their own brand, launch their own services and be able to book one-way tickets. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think COVID was a blessing in disguise for a lot of people that took it as an opportunity. I know for me, like that's when we really grew our platforms and turned into full-time creators was it was a result of COVID and like being locked mm. down and and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think there was a lot of people, who, it affected a lot of people negatively, but if you had that mindset and you saw the opportunity to change or try new things, I think there's a lot of people who their life looks completely different in a great way For sure. because of that. Yeah. And that's just one of those things where it's like when you're faced with adversity and challenges, like what do you do? You yeah. know? And so, and I know also I, I recognize I'm very privileged. Like, you know, we, we live a great life. Like we weren't super negatively impacted that my boyfriend did lose his job as a result, but like, you know, we were getting by and making it work. And, and now we look back and we're just like, wow, like, I can't believe that all happened. So mm-hmm. I love what you said about mindset, because I think it's really easy to see other people kind of struggling and make it through it, but not recognizing that if you are struggling yourself, like if you're listening and you're like, I'm not in a great position, it's in those really dark times when you can actually think different thoughts, right? And choose a different narrative for your life. I think that's what's really important to recognize is like you always have the choice within yourself. You don't have to wait until things get better. Like you can make things better. You can Mm -hmm. choose to think differently. And it's like, you almost have to practice it. It's hard to explain, but it's not like we're different and we saw it differently. Like everyone had the opportunity to think differently. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's so true. I love that you said that. I would love to know when you started doing the the mentoring and the coaching like through COVID and stuff. And for someone that's maybe listening in and they're interested in becoming a travel creator, because I feel like when people think of Instagram influencers or creators, like they think of the travel space, like that's it. Mm. They're like, I want to travel the world. I want to make money posting on social media. <laughs> like that's like the thing that comes to mind. Yeah. But obviously they don't know a lot of the the ins and outs of it. So what mm-hmm. are some of your biggest tips for someone who who's interested in this space and they they want to get started, they're curious about it, but they have no idea where to start? 
Yeah. In my Facebook community, we nurture and we connect with um, new entrepreneurs just entering the space. And I just went live two days ago and I kind of explained that like, if you want to travel full time, you have to get clear on your intentions. Do you want to make a business out of travel? And that's what I see a lot of people do. They're like, I want to travel. So I feel like I need to have a business in travel, either as a creator or a travel agent or something travel related. But then oftentimes what I've been seeing a lot, like more than 80% of the time is like, they'll have years and years of experience in another field. They're already seen as an authority in the industry and they could actually monetize faster bringing their expertise online than starting from square one and learning how to take photos and take videos and sell themselves as a content creator. And so a lot of times what I would encourage you to do is really write down like where your expertise is, what you're passionate about doing, and see where there is a money-making market online. I really love my online business model and I want everyone to know about it. Where like if you can have one-on-one services um, group programs, if you can have digital courses, digital products, ebooks, templates, memberships, you can run your business from anywhere, right? Like you can monetize and you can travel. It doesn't have to be in the travel space. So I have a feeling that a lot of people listening, they're like, oh, I really want to do this. You know, they may have been a psychiatrist for like 10 years, or they could have been a fitness trainer for 10 years. Like, bring that online and integrate the travel piece with it because you're going to have so much more success if you're able to grow your cult following from your area of expertise. And that's going to help you land the collaborations and the opportunities in the travel space. Does that make Mm, sense? I love that. I absolutely love that. I think, and also... I, like one, it's just the, a quicker way to monetize, right? You're like, mm-hmm. you're not starting from scratch. You already have this area expertise or something like that. But then also I think you you start to realize what you like or don't like as you're traveling and working online. And I know for me, I, I thought I wanted to get in the travel space, like working with hotels and stuff. And I was like, actually, I don't. I just <laughs> want to like, And I was like, that's definitely not what I want. But like, I didn't know unless I like try to dip my toes a little bit. And I was like, no, like I, I don't, I'm not an expert in travel. I don't want people to come to me for travel advice. Like I want to go to beautiful locations and enjoy it. And I want the freedom to be able to do it whenever I want Mm -hmm. and the money to be able to do it and like still, still monetize and make money. But I don't necessarily want to be in the travel space, you know? And so, and I think a lot of people, cause they don't know the work that it entails. Like it's definitely a lot of work. Like it looks all fancy schmancy on Instagram and stuff, but it's like a lot of work doing it. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And so I love what you're saying. Like, how can you just like monetize now? What are the skills that you can bring online where you can make money anywhere? And mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of digital products and digital downloads. I know a lot of people are like, when are you going to sell merch? And I'm like, I don't think I want to sell, at least right now, like I don't want to sell a physical product. I don't want to deal with all of that. And and selling digital downloads and courses is kind of like my next step and how I want to awesome. grow my own brand and my own business as well. So, and it's just easy to do. Like you yeah. just need the internet, maybe like paying some type of membership fee for some type of platform to do a course, like the costs are so low and anyone can do it. Yeah. And there's there's Google and there's YouTube, there's mentorship. Like you give out a lot of free tips on your own podcast and on your own Instagram. Like even if people don't buy from you, like you give out so much free content. I do think that when you invest in a program or a mentor, they help you get there faster. 
you know, mm-hmm. because yeah, they basically just, they save you all the time that you would Google, you know, so, and like, and try, trial and error and fail on your own. So, and I think surrounding yourself with that community is super, super important too, because mm-hmm. then you realize that like everyone's kind of going through the same problems as you and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes they can feel very lonely. Yeah. You know? And I love what you, like how you kind of distinguished what is best for your business next and again, like if you're wondering what your first service should be, like what I've mentioned in the online space, like that's what I call my core online services. Cause you don't want to rely, um, have your income rely on anything that's a physical product that's location dependent, even collaborations as part of my business. I see that as like passion projects. Some mm-hmm. clients will come to me and they're like, I want to sell stickers. And I'm like, that's great. And you can, but let's not have your income reliant on stickers because that's going to take a huge volume. It's going to take shipping, Mm -hmm. logistics. We don't want to deal with that. So build out your core online offerings first. And then your passion projects can be passion projects where you're not like sucking the fun and the life out of them because you're trying to make it work, right? Did you ever have any, I know you worked in in finance, but you seem so knowledgeable in like the entrepreneurial space. And was this all just like from experience and trial and error and just figuring it out on your own and, and learning as um, you go? Yeah. So I studied business in college and Mm -hmm. I specialized in finance and marketing and entrepreneurship, but a lot of the social media space, like because it's so new and our professors, you know, didn't teach us this, they didn't grow (laughs) up with it. So that was all trial and error. And I think that's um, a reflection of my personality. Like I dive head first into it. I try it out, see what works and learn from experience. I think like you probably know for yourself, like the more you do it, the more you learn. And Mm. that learning is so much more valuable than anything you can kind of like watch someone else do. Yeah, that's so true. When you were, you know, starting out your, your own business and being a travel creator, what were some of the, I guess, like highlights or aha moments that made you like so passionate about this? You know, like what, what is your favorite part about your job? <laughs> I guess. Oh my god, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. So, like, name them all. I I really want people to feel inspired too. You know mm-hmm. that they they can do this, and also like what's possible for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think my whole like agenda in my life so far has been like chasing freedom. So, when I studied abroad, I had an online job where I was like a teacher assistant for my school. And that's when I got a a taste of location freedom, but not time freedom because I had to sign on and clock in at certain hours and I was like still working for someone else. Then when I was like drop shipping, doing e-commerce, still in New York, I had the time freedom, but I didn't have the location freedom or the financial freedom because I was still trying to make things work, wasn't monetizing quickly in the beginning. And I needed to ship. I had to hold inventory in my apartment. I had to like ship things out. And then when I quit my job, it was a sense of having the location freedom and time freedom. But I was like, I want to be able to live in Hawaii for six months. I want to travel to Monaco and spend all my summers in Europe just spending like tens of thousands of dollars a month, like if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And when my business took off, when I implemented everything strategically and I was able to achieve that financial freedom that I had set for myself, because in Tim Ferriss's book, he's like, how much money do you need to be making a month in order for you to be living your dream life? 
once I hit that number, that's when I was like, oh my God, I have time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom. I started surfing and with surfing, like you really have to go when the tides are right, when the winds are right, like it's dependent on the ocean. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that I surfed with, they'd be like, oh no, I have to work. Or like, I can't go tomorrow because, you know, my hours aren't great. But I was truly able to surf like whenever I wanted for however long I wanted. I got to travel to to places where the surf was good at certain times of year. And I think that's what is just so freeing for me, like why I'm so passionate about what I do. And then when I achieve that, then helping my clients do the same, like seeing them go from that place where they're like, I feel stuck. I feel like I don't have financial freedom or I don't have time freedom or location freedom. And then seeing them kind of build this up for themselves and ticking the boxes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm experiencing your joy and your excitement like all over again because I know what it was like for me. And um, it's just so powerful and so incredibly, like I'm so incredibly blessed to be able to do this full time. I love that. I absolutely love that. How long did it take you, you know, when you were saying to reach that number, that like monthly number, how Mm -hmm. long did it take you to get there? Yeah, that number changed like many times because I was like, oh, at first, like $5,000 a month would be really nice. But that $5,000 a month was when I was like staying in Bali. And then that's when I was like, I want to like live in Hawaii. And for Hawaii, like apartments, like studios started at 2000, 3000 a month, you know? So yeah. that number <laughs> kept changing. But for me, and I think everyone's different when you do this exercise, like list out what your monthly rent, your expenses, every single thing you're spending money on. If you want to rent a really nice car, like what do you want to do with your life? It's going to look different than mine. For me, my priorities are surfing, a stable internet connection. So if I need to buy internet, if I need to buy a car, like that's all factored in there. Um, Because it changed so often, I think like between the time I set the number and hit the number, it would usually take maybe around three to six months. Okay. Formulating a plan. Yeah. Of how I was going to reach that number and taking action. I mean, it it doesn't happen overnight, (laughs) you know, like, and like, and even the three to six months of like setting a new goal for yourself, you've already had all of this work and all this foundation of all of this prior stuff that you were doing. And it would still take you three to six months to kind of get to that next level. And so I think a, a lot of us just... It, people in general in our culture lack patience. We order something, we want it in an hour, you know, like we lack the patience and some things just take time, you know, mm-hmm. like you got to, you got to trust the process that if you keep on showing up, you keep on believing and being in that yeah. vibration and taking action that it will happen for you, but it's just going to take some time and take some patience, you know? So, yeah. And I want to factor in that, like, having that new income goal, I would like invest in new courses or new mentors or programs that I knew would help me get there. Right. So it wasn't like I was profitable every single month until those six months. I've definitely, you know, reinvested into the business and like quote unquote lost money, but was actually reinvesting in myself to Mm -hmm. build that runway to make that income. So it's never it's never a straight line upwards. It's a lot of ups and downs. But I think the most important thing is once you get there once, you can replicate it and you can move on from there. 
I love that. And reinvesting in yourself is so important, either in your business or just in your own mindset and your own belief and whatever new skills that you're trying to learn. Like I'm constantly investing money into my own personal growth because I think a lot of the times, and I know for me, I get a lot of the questions of like, is the content creator life stable? Like, can you actually make a living out of that? And, and you know, is it financially stable? And to that, I respond like, does anyone remember COVID when so many people lost their stable jobs? You know, like it, everyone thought that their job was so stable and they got furloughed or laid off. And the truth is that no one's job is stable. But I think mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like if you have the skills where it doesn't matter the environment, you know that you're going to be okay and you're going to be able to monetize it and you're going to be able to take risks and you're going to be able to figure out a way like that to me, it creates the stability. Yeah. That like belief in my own self to get through anything, you yeah. know? And so, I think it's so relative what people think they need for a stable life. And I think another defining moment of my travels, like I was um, in Forte Ventura at a surf camp and I met one of the instructors. He was like from Venezuela and he was telling me like he was older than me and he was like, I just want to save up like 3000 euros and I want to travel the world for two years. Like that is my dream. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> do that? Like, for him, it was such a big amount of money. Yeah. But for me, I was like, like, what? Can, what? So like, I was so confused. Um, like, yeah. for a, a year? Like, more. Yeah. More than a and, year. Oh my gosh. And so that's when I was like, you know, my perception comes from such a limited, like, narrative of what I need for my life, obviously, or like, I, didn't have the same mindset as him. So it really got me thinking. And it was a very, um, a very like impactful moment where I realized mm. that numbers are so relative. And if I wanted to redefine what $3,000 meant to me or 300,000 or 3 million, it's so relative to so many people. It is. And at one point, at what point do you say like, that's a stable number, right? Because for yeah. him, it's like $3,000 a stable number. And then people are like, well, is that a stable job? And I'm like, what do you consider a stable job? It really yeah. is so relative. It is so relative. And then also you start to normalize your own income, right? Like you start to like normalize like that and get comfortable within that zone. So then you're like stretching yourself to like new, new things. or you're constantly trying to reach that new goal or when things aren't what you're used to, like within that, like thermometer, then you fall into that scarcity mindset. So yeah. it really, it, and whereas that scarcity mindset for like that $3,000 is like someone else is like, I can travel the year, yes. travel the world for a year. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it really is like relative and like shift. And it's all energy at the end of the day. Like money is just like energy. It's just a vibration just as anything is. Mm -hmm. So I love everything that you've just said, like you, you are speaking my language and everything that you're saying, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. So for any, anyone that's tuning in that doesn't know who you are, this is their first time hearing from you, where can they find you and what services or offers can you provide? And I will link everything in the description for anyone that wants more of you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you can find me on Instagram at The Wanderlover or check out my website, thewanderlover.com. My DMs are always open. Um, you can join my free Facebook group, The Wanderlover Community, or tune into the podcast where I share tips every single Monday and new episodes. Um, and that's The Wanderlover Podcast. If you're looking to start your online business, I would recommend checking out the Business Academy. 
And if you're looking to scale and see your first six figures, um, look into Momentum Mastermind. Yay. Okay. Thank you so much, Danielle. And I will tune in. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode and I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit torinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.